0: What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the In My Prime podcast. I know I missed yesterday's episode, but to be honest, I was like sick as fuck. I did not have the energy or the mind, wasn't in the right mind frame to do a podcast, to be completely honest. So I took yesterday off. I still got some plays out. Still kind of feeling under the weather. So if I sound goofy, uh, that's why. But hopefully I can make up for it because... In today's episode, I got a shit ton of plays. I got like, I think, six NFL plays, six or seven NFL plays. Got two NBA plays for today, even though you might not want to tell them because NBA has been pretty fucking terrible recently. So if you like the reasoning, then go ahead. But just keep in mind, guys, I have not been at my best with NBA recently. Anyways, uh, why you guys came here for the plays. First off, I'm gonna start with NBA because NBA is today, NFL is tomorrow. First play I have is Luka Doncic over 29 and a half points. I played that at minus 105 at DK. So for Luka, uh, reasoning is pretty simple. Simple, the Bucks they they really can't guard anyone. You look at any top guard, top wing options, they put up some crazy numbers. Uh, they have a terrible point of attack defenders and. With the drop coverage, three-level scorers, <clears throat> they just have a field day. So, the only people that the Bucs can really stop are paint-reliant scorers. So, Luca, obviously, he's one of the best scorers in the game. He can score at all three levels, hit the mid-range, hit the three-pointers. He's just one of the best in the game. So, <laughs> yeah. Let's look into the top options versus the Bucs. This is for the last seven games that they played. I didn't skip any games or nothing. Lamelo dropped 37, way above his average. Scotty Barnes, 29. Bankaro, 26. Tyrese Halburton, 29. Cade Cunningham, 33. Cam Thomas, 45. Jalen Brunson, 45. I mean, everyone's literally out, outpacing their average by a decent margin here. Luca, he's a walking 30 piece when games are competitive. The Bucks they're on the second half of a back to back at home with travel. Don't know about rest for Giannis and Dame. It seems like they're going to play, uh, but. Games the game should be close here, even with the Bucks being at home. I don't think they blow out the Mavs on the back to back, and I don't think the Mavs blow out the Bucks either, with the Bucks being at home. So it should be a close game. Luca in a close game, he'll play like 36, 37 minutes very consistently. He plays all of the first quarter, all of the third quarter. He's had 29 or more points in seven out of eight games this year, with at least 34 minutes, and on the year he's just averaging 30.7 points per game on 34.8 minutes. So yeah, man, all in all, if you're a good to elite scorer, you can like easily expose this Bucks defense. Luka is the best of the best. He's in that group. We just need a close game here. 30 points is not a big ask. And with this matchup, honestly, man, if this is a close game, Luka's probably going for 40. In a blowout, I mean, it wouldn't be ideal, but I, I think he'd probably get there too. Alright, next NBA play is Jonas Valanciunas over 8.5 rebounds. I played this at minus 120 at FanDuel. Reasoning behind this is that Larry Nance Jr. is out, which is really important for Jonas and his minutes. Larry Nance is a versatile big man who will take Jonas's minutes a lot of the time. <coughs> but like <coughs> last night, we saw against Jokic, um, obviously you need to have big men in to rebound and to play against Jokic. We saw Jonas get 34 minutes. There's no Nance once again, like I mentioned, and now they're playing Minnesota. And obviously Minnesota has Gobert, Towns, Nazarene, three big men who all play consistent minutes. The Pels, their backup five is like Jeremiah, Robinson, Earl, who didn't even see the four last game, by the way. But like I said, man, they really don't have a backup five. So I think that with no Larry Nance, we're going to need solid minutes from Jonas again. Who His minutes, like historically, they're not consistent. But just given no Nance, given the matchup, I, I think we're going to need uh, minutes for Jonas again. Last year, if we look at him against the Timberwolves and Gobert, Gobert playing, obviously, we saw Jonas put up uh, 11, 12, 18, and 6 rebounds versus Gobert. So obviously 11 plus and 3 out of 4, we just need 9. He averaged 11.8 rebounds on 25.4 minutes in those games. So, like, if we get, like, I'm probably going to project him for around 28, 30 minutes or so. Um, He averaged 11.8 on 25.4, so per 28 minutes, probably around, like, 12 and a half or so. Rudy, he is pesky on the glass, don't get me wrong, that's probably why this number's there, but Jonas, he does have a strength advantage on him, like he's much stronger, much more, um, has a much lower center of gravity, <clears throat> and that that's like, it's kind of uh, proven in those numbers above. Also, Gobert, he doesn't stretch the floor, so Jonas will sit in the drop, he'll be positioned around the rim, which is obviously good for rebounds, <laughs> Jonas, he's over in the last 49 out of 65 games with with at least 22 minutes. And in those games, he also averages 11.1 rebounds. So, yeah, Jonas is just a very efficient rebounder in uh, in games, just like in general. But, like, when he's going to get those minutes, uh, like, we should expect, like, 10, 11 rebounds or so. And uh, it's worth noting, like, last game, he did have 34 minutes and only finished with 8 rebounds. But that Jokic matchup is, like, no joke. I mean, you have to play so much defense on Jokic. You have to guard him on the perimeter. You have to do all that. And Jokic is a good rebounder too, just like Gobert. But Jokic is way, way more on offense. So <laughs> he didn't hit it last game, but Jokic is like a very, very tough matchup. Um Pelicans, they are seven point underdogs. I think Zion is out for this one on the back to back, but they are at home. Minnesota, they are eight and three on the year, but they're three on three on the road, and they haven't won a game by more than seven points on the road. So Pelicans at home, I think that even with the spread, they can keep it close. So yeah, man, expect good minutes for Valanciunas. He's had very good success against Gobert uh, last year. And he's just a very efficient rebounder in general. Nine is not a big ask at all, especially if we're going to get those minutes. So second NBA play is Jonas over eight and a half rebounds. Getting into the NFL side of things. First play that I locked in was David Montgomery over 49 and a half rushing yards, which was minus 115 at DK. And then I also put a half unit on Montgomery to score a touchdown, which is minus 125 at FanDuel. So for Monty, um, obviously Gibbs, like he's going to be involved. Gibbs is a really good running back. We thought he was going to be involved at the start of the year. He wasn't. But with Monty out, he earned his keep. He's going to be involved. Uh, like I know that. I'm not trying to say he's not. But it's also worth noting, we shouldn't forget how much the Lions, Dan Campbell, love David Montgomery. They love his style of running. In his first game back, David Montgomery, he went 12 for 116 on the ground. And Gibbs, he went 14 for 77. Uh, it's worth noting, <coughs> sorry, my bad, that the Lions, they were rotating by drives with the running backs. Montgomery, he had a 75-yard rushing touchdown, which obviously like is really good for the yards and stuff. But that's going to make his rushing attempts look really low. Like if it was just a normal drive where they march up and down the field, he probably gets like four carries instead of four or five carries instead of one or something. So his rushing attempts look a little bit lower based off of that. Uh, we should get a really good game script. Uh, the Lions at home, their offense is so damn good. They've averaged 32.1 points per game at home since last year. They're going to put up points. Uh, they're 7.5-point favorites. Justin Fields, uh, he, he's coming off with of a thumb injury. A throwing thumb injury, by the way. So that might be an issue with his passing. And the Bears just aren't very good in general. So, wides are 7.5 point favorites, but if I had to pick a side, I'd pick them to cover. <clears throat> They're going to put up points. Their offense is going to be good. It's going to be a well-oiled machine like normal. So looking at the matchup, the Bears actually currently have the number one run defense. However, uh, we should probably take into count who they've been playing. So if we look at the last six weeks, They played the Commanders with Brian Robinson. That's not an efficient run game. The Vikings with Alexander Madison. Not an efficient run game. The Raiders with Josh Jacobs. Not efficient. Chargers with Eckler. Not efficient. Saints with Kamara. Not efficient. Carolina Panthers with Hubbard Sanders. Not efficient. So they played six terrible... They played a lot of bad run defenses this year. Oh, shit. My bad, guys. Like I said, I'm sick. Oh, man. Okay. So, yeah. Their run defense is really... It's been really good, but... The Lions, they're a different breed. They're at home. Offense is going to be wide open. They're going to be able to pass the ball. Uh, they probably also have the best run blocking unit in the NFL. So, yes, sure, the matchup doesn't look great on paper, but they have not played anyone close to the caliber of a running unit that as um, Detroit, especially at home. Getting into another angle, so, of course, it's also a revenge game. It's Monty's first game against Detroit. Maybe that doesn't mean anything, but Dan Campbell does kind of strike me as, like, a player's coach. Um, he is a player's coach, but he strikes me as, like, the player's coach who would care about this. He'd want to feed Monty a little bit extra here and, of course, get him that touchdown, you know? So, um, yeah, man, <laughs> just, like, given that it's against his old team, I, I kind of think that it goes back to Monty being the 1A in the running game over Gibbs and also just, like, how much they lo- they've they loved Monty in the past, all that. So, yeah. Yeah. Since last year, the Lions, they have, like I mentioned this They average 13.1 points per game at home And they run the ball God damn <coughs> Hold up, let me get some water Ah, okay Sorry guys So yeah, and they run the ball a ton in the red zone Obviously with like Jamal Williams, all the touchdowns he had Montgomery, gives all the rushing touchdowns they had this year They run the ball a ton in the red zone they're going to put up points. Um, Monty, he also profiles more as like a run-the-clock outback than Gibbs. Uh, we saw that like intensely in the Green Bay game where Dave Montgomery, in a positive game script, had 32 rushing attempts and only 8 for Jameer Gibbs. So I think that if, if they have the positive game script like we project, we might see that might lead to a little more rushing attempts uh, share over Gibbs. So... Yeah, Montgomery over 49.5, I think he gets like 15, 16 carries or something, and uh, just like in this offense, that should be enough. And then the touchdown, we know lines at home are going to put up points, and they should want to get Monty that touchdown. Next play is Sam Howell of the Commanders, over 245.5 passing yards. I played that at minus 115 at MGM. So for Sam Howell, um, I know going up against, like, Tommy DeVito and this spread that they have and the Giants, it might be scary because you're like, oh, they're going to just be up a ton. They're not going to pass, whatever. But that that's what's heavy discounting this line. Commanders under Eric Bieniemy, who obviously comes from Kansas City, who are historically, like, the most pass-heavy team maybe of, like, all time. They've kind of carried that over. This year, their third in pass rate over expectation. Uh, and that's like very important, obviously, because if they get up, we want them to keep passing. And that's what pass rate over expectation means. It's like when you're expected to run, you still pass. So that's very, very important for this. Uh, they only rank below the Bengals and Chiefs this year in pass rate over expectation, by the way. And those are two like, ex- insanely, insanely pass-heavy teams. Howell, since week two, he's over in 7 out of 9 games. He's averaging 286.8 passing yards, 27.2 completions, and 40, 40.7 passing attempts. The last three weeks, we've seen him throw for 397, 325, and 312 yards. The Cowboys, they just threw for 472 yards on the Giants. This defense is like very, very banged up in the secondary, on the front, just like everywhere. And quite frankly, they're probably extremely unmotivated also, just knowing Tommy DeVito is your quarterback and you really don't have much chance at all to win football games. So yeah, all in all, man, this line is just like way too low because of the spread of the game, but... The commanders, their pass rate over expectation is just so damn high that I think that it really might not even matter. Like, they could be up three scores and still be passing a ton. Howell and his weapons, they've been awesome the last couple weeks, and versus this banged-up Giants defense, that's not good to begin with, but they're also very injured. It's like a really good matchup, and yeah, man, I I just think that this line is like 100% indicative of the spread, but they're not taking into – uh, consideration how much the commanders pass over expectation. All right, <clears throat> next play is sorry, water break again because I can feel I can feel that shit coming. All right, next one is Dorian Thompson Robinson of the Browns over eighteen and a half rushing yards, which is minus one twenty at DK. What I played it at. So, getting into this one. Dorian Thomas Robinson, he's an ex- he's like a very athletic quarterback. He ran for 1,826 yards over his collegiate career. And also, sacks do count as negative rushing yards there. So, I don't have the number for if you took out sa- or sacks, but I'm sure it would be ridiculously high. He has a 95th percentile 40-yard dash time for the QB position, just to speak to his speed. So, DTR, he's made one start this year. Uh, he went 4 for 24 on the ground with one design run and three scrambles, but in my opinion, this is very, very important. DTR in that game, he was like a last-minute starter. Watson was supposed to play all week, and he ended up not playing on Sunday morning. So now they get the whole week to design a playbook for him. And as like a young, pretty raw, but like super athletic quarterback, I would expect them to like dis- to their playbook to consist of a ton more design running for DTR, at least like a lot more than his first start. So, Deshaun Watson, when in healthy games, so like week one, two, and three before a shoulder issue, we saw him have three, or two, three, and three design rushing attempts, so obviously the Browns are willing to design up, design up uh, rushing attempts for their quarterbacks, and the Browns did that with Watson, who's actually like a much better passer than DTR, and who's also probably a little less athletic, obviously they have that big contract that they're paying him, so they would like to keep him healthy, like to keep him running less, so if we saw Watson have those design rushing attempts, I would expect to see a slight uptick in that for DTR. And we saw him willing to scramble in his first start, obviously when he had three scrambles in that first start. So yeah, I expect DTR to have like around like seven or eight design rushing attempts and scrambles combined. And with his speed, I mean, that should easily be enough for 19 rushing yards. You know, I I think that ladders are kind of in play for this one because he might just run way more than we think, but yeah guys, uh, I I really like this spot for DTR. I think that I think that uh this line is way too low. Next one is um we got a Buccaneers player. Got <clears throat> Chris Godwin over 51 and a half receiving yards. I played that at minus 115 at DK. So, it's a pretty low line for Godwin to be honest. He has 51 or more yards in 7 out of 9 games this year. It's <clears throat> just like a really good game environment though. So, the Buccaneers, they're 12-and-a-half-point dogs on the road. Um, they're playing the 49ers, obviously. Their offense is fully healthy, and when that's the case, they put up points, and they put up points in a very quick matter. This offense is, like, ridiculous when healthy. The Buccaneers' defense is not good. And uh, I, I forgot the stat, but, like, the Niners had, like, 30 or more points in, like, every Brock Purdy start until that Browns game when they got hurt. But they got Trap Williams, they have Debo, they have everyone. So they're going to put up a lot of points. The Niners, in general, are a pass-funnel defense. They allow the fourth-most passing attempts, and <clears throat> but the second-fewest running back rushing attempts. And then on top of that, the Buccaneers, they can't run the ball anyways. Their offense is dead last in rushing EPA and success rate. Right? So the passing volume here, with the game script, with the matchup, it should just be like very good. So why I'm targeting Godwin, though, is because I want to target the quick-hitting receivers uh, who like play in the slot, who don't have like downfield routes like Mike Evans, obviously. But yeah, uh, against this Niners pass rush with Nick Bosa, Chase Young, they're going to generate pressure, so got to get the ball quick. San Francisco, recently they have given up some pretty big games to slot receivers. Uh, Christian Kirk went 6 for 104. Jamar Chase, who is not a full-time slot guy, but he does move into the slot a decent amount, he had 10 for 100. And then Brandon Powell, who is not really a big-time player at all, but he is the slot receiver or was the slot receiver for the Vikings, he went 4 for 64. So that's all in the last three weeks. And yeah, man, I just think... That Mike Evans, who has been a big target of Baker, I think that he might have a quiet game if this 49ers pass rush pass rush forces Baker to get the ball quick. So I really like Godwins over Evan in this spot. And obviously I really like the passing volume overall for the Buccaneers. So yeah, Godwin, he's been quiet recently, <clears throat> but that's kind of giving us a nice low line. And I just think he sees like a massive target share here think he sees like 10 targets or something and we just need 53 or 52 yards from him um like this like this play a ton next one is um so this one's kind of corny but it is travis kelsey anytime touchdown minus 120 at dk look man if you're like an analytics only better this probably isn't the bet for you then probably just shouldn't tail but i mean we got taylor swift will be in attendance but they're playing against the Eagles with Jason Kelsey. It's a Super Bowl rematch, or if you remember what they were calling it, the Kelsey Bowl. This will probably be the most viewed regular season game all year. So you got all that for the narrative. And yeah, man, I'm just going to completely play into it. This is just such like a Travis Kelsey like main character narrative spot. A Kelsey touchdown would generate like a billion clicks on the internet. And call me a sucker, but I- I'm just like so damn confident that he's going to score here. He also, he hasn't scored in two weeks. Um, Maybe he's a little bit due. You got the Chiefs' uh, touchdowns. It's over two and a half or minus 130, so juice to the over. And, yeah, man, if Casey scores twice here, I just expect Kelsey to at least get one. And it's also, like, not like Kelsey's a bum or anything. He's, like, probably arguably, like, the best red zone threat in the league. Um, Patty Mahomes in, like, the past this year, he's admitted to feeling pressure to get Kelsey a touchdown this year because, like, Taylor Swift was in attendance or whatever. But yeah, man. If if the pressure was on there, like man, oh man, is the pressure on it here to get a one in this spot? Uh, Kelsey had a touch on in the Super Bowl. <coughs> the uh, Eagles have a really good run defense to begin with. The Chiefs are like very pass heavy on the goal line, and yeah, man. I, I <laughs> like call me corny or whatever, but there's just so many narratives here that like point to like this being a Kelsey game. Kelsey's line was at like seventy four and a half, which kind of seems like a little bit high in my opinion. Probably would have played it if it was like 68, 69 or something, but went with the touchdown instead. Uh, Touchdowns kind of are like what defies like a good game or something. And this is just going to be – this is just such like a Kelsey narrative spot, man. So, yeah, if you're not an analytics guy, then I wouldn't tell, but I just think that it's like almost destiny for him to get a touchdown here. So, uh, yeah. Anyways, got one more NFL play. It is Rico Dowdle, who I on last game. Over 26.5 rushing yards. Played that at minus 114 at FanDuel. So, like I said, man, same analysis as last time, kind of. Dallas, they were huge favorites against the Giants. And we saw Dowdle go 12 for 79 on the ground. Honestly, man, I don't know if you guys watched that. There's an NFL game against the Bears, but now they're going up against Dallas. I have no clue how the Panthers do anything on offense here. Unless the Cowboys defense just doesn't show up. They pull, like, a week three stunt versus Arizona. Like, I don't understand how the Cowboys just have don't have the ball the whole game. They don't set up, like, a super positive game script. I mean, the Cowboys' offense has been really, really good, and especially Dak. Panthers' defense isn't good. They're not going to stop in the run. They're not going to stop in the pass. They're, like, 12-point favorites. Um, I, I just, like, the Cowboys would have to really shit the bed here to not blow up the Panthers. Water break. So yeah, we should have like a very positive game trip, just like last time. Maybe not as intense as last time, but yeah, should be a very positive game trip. <clears throat> to be honest, Dowdle, like if you look at the numbers, Pollard is averaging like three point nine yards per carry. Dowdle's around like four point five. He's been better than him. Um, he 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 won't out touch him, but I mean, if the coaching staff like appreciates that Dowdle's been really good and and acknowledges that Pollard really hasn't been, um. He should be in a situation where even in like a neutral game script, he's going to get touches. But yeah, uh, Carolina, they also have like a really bad run defense. They rank dead last in rushing EPA. They rank 31st in success rate. Um, So not good at all. But especially now they're going up against an offense that can pass the ball. So you can't just like commit to stopping the run because they've been pretty good against run last two weeks. But that was going up against like Minshew <coughs> and Bajan. So two teams that you can't, you don't have to respect their passing game now that you do have to respect their passing game, really should open things up for the efficiency-wise. Yeah, so um, based off the game script, based off of Dowdle, how he's been involved anyways, I think Dowdle had like four first-half carries anyways last game. Uh, based off of how he's been playing, based off the game script that I project, I, I have Dowdle around eight rushing attempts here, and I think we should expect like 4.6, 4.7. We should probably project him for around there, Given the matchup, so yeah, man. But we just need like like four, yard, eight rushing attempts, four yards a carry of carry. About thirty-two of that clears. Yeah, man. Um, I just think that Dowdle is in a, this is a really good matchup once again for him to him to get decent amount of volume and to be efficient too. So twenty-seven yards, not a big ask. If he gets six carries, I would project him to get him there. Um, but like I said, man, I think he's around eight. So. All right, guys, that's it for all the plays. I will walk in a few more plays, probably share them on Twitter, but if you want them in real time, join my dub club. And, yeah, uh, hopefully you guys have a good weekend. Peace out.